Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Passing Dimes. Really excited for today's guest. She grew up in the Vancouver area where she played for Thunder Volleyball Club. She went on to play in the OUA for the Western Mustangs and recently transferred to LMU where she's going to focus on her beach career. Please welcome to the show, Jaya Bratch. Jaya, thanks for doing this. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah, so happy to have you on the A show here. You made a, a, a debut on the franchise on Sharp Cuts, and I thought you were awesome that it was about time we got you back and, and gave the fans a little bit more depth of your career. But before we jump to the uh, cool stuff at Western and LMU and everything else you're up to, uh, just take me from the start. Uh, when did you get hooked on volleyball? Like, Were you playing any other sports as a kid, or was it always going to be volleyball for you? Yeah, I played a bunch of sports growing up, but I really focused on soccer. Um, so I played soccer from the ages four to 16. So I played for a good 12 years and I kind of wanted to play that in university. That was my big thing. Um, but then in grade eight, my high school coach, I just played high school for fun. And she told me to go try for club just because she thought that I could maybe make it probably just because I was tall. But um, I said yes. So I went and I tried out for Thunder. Um, and then I ended up making that team. And then ever since then, I just kept playing and I loved it. Was there ever any conflicts with soccer? Because I imagine if you're taking soccer pretty seriously, it almost turns into a year-round sport, right? Yeah, it was tough. It came down to a point. So I had to quit soccer in grade 10 just because it was either I'd be missing like one or two club practices for volleyball a week or soccer. And so coaches kind of said, like, you have to choose now. Um, and I also kind of knew that. And it was getting really busy with school. So I chose soccer in grade 10, but I also thought I'd played soccer for so long and I think I got a bit burned out. My love for it was kind of going away. So volleyball is something new and something that I was getting decent at. So I thought I could do that. Nice. Does anything stand out in your mind? What makes Thunder such a successful club? I think that a lot of players on the show, we've had uh, Seymour and Maverick and Jody and there's a ton of good coaches there. Like what was your experience like? Was it like playing with your friends? Was it a serious club right off the start? Like what was your, your first intro to club volleyball? U14. So my first year was just like really fun getting into the sport. Most of us had only played for maybe a year or this was our first one. Um, but I think the thing that makes Thunder so good is the coaches and the caliber of the coaches. Um, and that attracts girls that really care about the sport and want to take it really seriously. Um, so that's why I think that they have such a good record at provincials and nationals, just because they're attracting girls that really care about the sport, which in turn makes all the teams really good. And you mentioned you thought you were going to play soccer at university. So maybe as a young athlete, you already had eyes on a post-secondary athletic career. At what point did you know you could play volleyball, either at like a U sports or an NCAA level? I think U16 was the year. Uh, like U14, U15, I just was kind of doing it for fun. And I was like, okay at it, but no one's obviously like super great at those ages. And I was still kind of learning how to use my body at those ages. Um, but U16 is when I think our team started taking it really seriously. And we had um, Jody come in with Matt as our head coaches. Um, and they were super duper great and pushed us all really hard. Um, and then I think most of my team... I think there was only maybe two girls that didn't end up playing university. Um, so we just had like a really high level team. I think we all kind of pushed each other to go play at the next level. And what went into your decision uh, to leave the province? Was that always going to be a goal of yours? Were you thinking maybe go to the U.S.? Did you always want to come to Ontario? Like what were some of the big things that you were kind of checking boxes for when you were looking at who you wanted to apply and do a visit with? Yeah, you uh, like just after grade 10, I did the TBC program. 
Um, and we went away for like three weeks. We trained in Kamloops for a week or two and then went to Halifax for the Canada Cup. And after that experience, I knew I did not want to stay home from university. I loved my independence. I loved living away from home. And like, I loved my family. I love my friends here. But I think I needed to leave Vancouver to really gain appreciation for it. So I definitely didn't want to stay in BC. And I didn't have a super big attraction to staying in those middle provinces. Um, so I think Ontario is definitely, definitely where I wanted to be. Now, one cool thing that BC does is they they do some uh, like some rankings, and I'm curious when you got listed to like their top fifteen grade twelves or anything. Does that is that kind of confirm that like you're on the radar and good things are coming, or does like a little bit of pressure come when you're like made that list, like when either going into the club season or finishing up your school season? I remember that list, and like everyone's super nervous before it comes out because obviously everyone wants to be on it. Um, but I think for me, seeing the list was just like super exciting and just kind of confirmed that I was picking the right sport and doing the right thing. Um, I didn't really feel too much pressure from it. I had some friends in the list too, so we kind of all just saw it together and were super excited. Um, but definitely, definitely a very positive thing. Yeah. So now that it's uh, revisionist history and, and you committed to Western, who else was in the running? Like you mentioned that you liked your independence and you were going to leave home, but uh, I'm curious, did you do any other uh, visits or serious meetings with coaches? I was recruiting in peak COVID. So the only visit I got was actually SFU because I think it was NCAA rules, which is why I could go on that visit. But I was talking to a bunch of schools for a while, but... Yeah, Western just kind of always stuck out to me. Like, I was talking to UBC for a bit. I started at the beginning of my recruiting process was, like, talking to U of A and stuff. But I think after talking to all those coaches and every single program had such positive things about them, I just, like, my mind would not get off Western, and I just loved everything about it. And I also always just wanted to go there for school. Uh, so I think that's why, that's why I ended up there. I keep forgetting – your true 18 new year was taken away because of COVID. So the first time you were in the Western gym, you're at practice, right? Like you didn't get to see anything about the school. I hadn't even been to Ontario. Um, so I committed not, like knowing nothing about where I was going, which was nerve wracking, but also kind of exciting. So yeah, the first time I went to Western, I think was the first time meeting all the girls on the team, meeting Melissa and then practicing later that day. So it was definitely a whirlwind of a bunch of stuff. But it turned out really well. And what stood out uh, to you for Coach Bartlett? Uh, was there anything Melissa does really well in the recruiting? Like, did you feel comfortable right away? Uh, was it really the academic choice that drew you to Western? And then when you met Melissa, you're kind of like, man, I could really play here. Like, what was uh, just the details about being recruited during COVID? It was emails. Um, and so the first I think, two emails I sent, Melissa didn't answer. And so before sending that third one, I was like, do I really even want to send this? But I was like, I want to go here bad enough. I'm going to send it. And then I ended up sending it. She sent a really nice email back. I think she was pregnant at the time. So she had a bunch of stuff going on too. But I really, really like the idea of a female head coach. After being coached by Jody and having that figure, I really, really liked it. So that was definitely a big thing. And she was really fun in the recruiting process. Like it was always super duper easy to talk to her whenever we had Zoom calls. I was never nervous or like conversation always just flowed really nice um and I had some calls with the girls on the team as well and I loved them and I think one of the bigger things in my recruiting process was team culture 
just because everyone I knew that had already played post-secondary and coaches said that what makes your experience is always going to be the girls because you're spending every day with them. Um, so talking to the girls was super duper fun. And Melissa was always just so chill and easy to talk to. So I think those were the two big things for sure. And what was that first team meeting like? Because uh, I'm just looking at the roster and Western does do a nice mix that there are some out-of-province athletes, but man, there's a ton of locals too, right? So how do they eliminate the clickiness of like so-and-so played club with them or they always played against this athlete? So there's already like, or maybe they did Team Ontario together. Like there's all these built-in friendships, but then there's a couple BC girls, a couple Alberta girls, like everybody's got to mix together. So what was it like uh, kind of being the newbie, but also being around some other like first-timers on campus, right? Yeah, I had a really good rookie class. There's five of us. Um, so we did it all together. There was one from Alberta, one of my really good friends from club, actually, Claire Stewart, ended up coming as well. So I had her. And then Robin and Maya, who are from Ontario. And none of us really knew each other, just me and Claire. I think Maya and Robin kind of knew each other. Um, so we were all kind of starting it together. Um, and what really, really helps, and I think why our team culture is so good, is the vets do such a good job of making sure everyone is included. And if we ever have plans outside of the court or doing something that's not volleyball related, we'll put it in the group chat. If we're going for dinner or doing a movie night at one of our houses, everyone's invited. Um, so I think the vets really laid the groundwork for that and made it really easy to make friends on the team for sure. And just remind me, who would have been some of the vets on the team? Would have been like Brooklyn Beer? Like I think Janelle Albert is technically a vet, but she was at Ryerson and then Fanshawe. So she might have been a vet in eligibility, but also like new to Western as well, right? So who were some of the, the vets that really uh, kind of guided the way for the big freshman class? Yeah, Brooklyn was our only graduating player my first year. So she was definitely like the the vet um but our captain kate van camp we call her the glue of the team she is the sweetest person ever um so i think kate did a really good job of that but one big thing too was kate and brooklyn were really i think the only two that i can think of the top of my head that had been there and played in oua games and knew the team culture really well because everyone else either lost their first year so didn't play because of covid and then, like, Maddie Bowles, Lexi, they all, like, the last time they had an actual season were, I guess, second years. So they were all kind of thrown into a really big role as being vets as well and kind of leading the way for our team. So I think we all had to kind of learn what our new team culture was going to be like and how we were going to all help each other out. But they did a really, really good job. And with everything being so new and COVID taking away so many, like, precious opportunities for you to compete – did you have your, your eyes set on being a starter as soon as you get to campus or were you feeling things out? Like, I think your numbers started getting called in uh, mid-November there. Like, were you pressing to be like, I want to be a first year, I want to be a starter? Or was it just soaking it all in when you got there? When I went um, in the recruiting process, Melissa told me that I wouldn't get a lot of playing time in my first year and I would most likely start in my second year. Um, so going in, I had no expectations to play. I just wanted to learn from everybody and soak it all in. But our captain ended up quitting within like the first few weeks, um, Rachel Grove, who was our starting outside. So then I was kind of thrown into the role of the next, I was the next left side in line. So it was me and Janelle. Um, but it was a really good experience. Like Melissa really helped me and gave me a lot of confidence as a player because I would say, 
being a first year starter is a very scary thing to do, but the team always had my back and Melissa made it really, really easy. So it's good. Do you remember your first weekend? Cause Waterloo's traditionally a pretty strong program here in the OUA and, uh, you get 32 attempts your first match. Yeah, that was so fun. I remember me and um, Claire, she was our starting middle. She was her first year as well. So we were just like looking at each other before the game started. Our hands were shaking. We were like, we have to do this right now. Like we got this. And we go into the court. And just like as soon as we got into the court, I I feel like I'm really good at kind of forgetting the crowd is there. Um so as soon as you got into the court, it was just, I was playing volleyball with my friends. Um, and it was so fun. It was so fun to be able to play in that environment and get attempts and be able to help my team out. So it was a really, really, really fun first weekend for sure. When you look back at your first year, like did your confidence kind of grow? Just looking at some of these volumes, like you're getting like 22 attempts and hitting in the 400s. There's a match here where you got 45 total attempts in a five setter against Mac. Like, um, obviously like you, you felt ready and you could play at that level, but uh, going in thinking, okay, I'm going to start in my second year, but then kind of getting a ton of volume and a ton of playing time. Like how did it kind of go from losing your 18 year from in COVID to being like one of the best players in the OUA? I honestly didn't even really think about it or realize what was happening in the moment, I think, because so much was happening so fast. But I think the reason that I was able to be confident during those times was because I got to start my first year and was thrown into that position. I think if I didn't start my first year and knew going into my second year that I would, that would make me more nervous. But because I didn't expect it and just kind of did it, I didn't really have time to think about it. And it, it, yeah, it was good. And going into your first off season, did you want to focus on indoor and keep getting reps that way? Or as soon as you got home, were you like, man, I want to play beach volleyball again? So for me, it was beach because I decided that I was going to leave for beach, like going to leave Western for beach after my first year. So I knew that that summer I was already going to be going down. Um, So I did focus on beach that summer. I don't think I played a lot of indoor, but I later made the decision that I was going to stay my second year at Western um, just because I wasn't ready to leave yet. And I find that training beach makes my indoor game way better anyway. So it worked out, but yeah, I definitely focused on beach last summer. And how do you manage that? Like, are you pretty upfront with Melissa saying, here are my goals. Here's what I want to do. Because obviously you're still contributing to the team and you're taking it seriously and you come back and you're a starter getting a ton of volume, but you've also got like one foot out the door. So how did you manage that and try to be transparent and, and a member of the team, but also know that like you're leaving? Yeah, that was that was really scary making that decision in general. But once I, as soon as I started hearing from coaches and sort of decided, yeah, I want to go, I told Melissa right away, I wasn't going to make her wait. I was not going to kind of screw over in the last minute. That was always my thing. So I told her, I think beginning in December or somewhere in December that I was going to be leaving Western and that I just hadn't decided if it was going to be, I'm leaving this year or I'm staying next year. Um, so the whole season I talked to her, I was always in her office. I was letting her know what was happening with coaches. And she always kept like, she always said, I just want the best for you. So is this, as long as this is making you happy, 
I want you to do it, which I am so grateful that I had a coach that wanted me to do this and didn't have a coach that was going to bench me because of it. And she always talked, she said that up front at the start as well, that my playtime and my contribution to the team was not going to suffer because of my decision. And then once I kind of decided where I was going and what I was doing, then I told the team um, and the team was the exact same, which made it super easy. And even though I stayed in my second year, I think everybody wanted to win. Everyone, everybody wanted what was best for the team. So I don't think my decision leaving affected playtime or any, the way my teammates viewed me at, at all, which was really nice. And how do you think personally you stayed dialed in? Because I, I think that's amazing that Melissa did that and your teammates were so supportive, but also for you to still grind and want to go to training and want to hit like 30 balls a night and do all that stuff. Like how did you stay personally invested instead of thinking like, you know what, it's, it's, I don't know, February in London, Ontario. And I just don't feel like living here anymore. I want to be on a beach somewhere, but you still, you still show up and you do the work, right? Yeah. I think that's because of how much I loved Western. Like I only have positive things to say and me leaving for beach is not because I didn't like the school I was at. I loved the school I was at, which is why it was such a hard decision to leave. But I stayed and I trained because I love indoor volleyball. I love Western University and I love the people I play with. So it was never even a thought in my mind not to grind, to grind it out while I was still there. And I chose to stay to have a second year because I wanted that last goodbye to indoor and that last goodbye with my team. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. And just to take a step back, uh, growing up in Vancouver, playing for Thunder, is it natural to go to side out because that's where most of the coaches are? Like, uh, are you in the Kitts Beach area or what was your introduction to play beach volleyball at like a serious level? Yeah, side out. My whole team did it. So many Thunder girls do it just because Seymour, Sandy are also so involved with Thunder, like you said. Um, and they're all like our favorite people ever. So we always kind of thought like grade eight, and nine, and 10, I would say, was always just like for fun, cross-training for indoor. We all took indoor super seriously and beach was kind of the time of the summer where, or time of the year where we got to just like hang out with our friends on the beach and play the sport we really love. Um, and Sandy and Seymour always kept it fun, which was so nice. And like, I always look back on it and like hats off to them. And I can only say good things about them of how they made beach volleyball so fun, but also took a group of girls and made them so good at it. And I think that's a really, really hard thing to do. But yeah, beach was always fun. And then I think I started getting good at it and realized that I really liked it and might want to do something with it in the future and like grade 11. And then that's when I think I took it. Like that's when I started taking it really seriously. In your opinion, how does the club or your coaches or the athletes walk that line where it's fun, but it doesn't turn like silly. Like you said, like the athletes are good and everybody's there to train hard, but you're going to have a smile on your face doing it. Like how does nobody ever like cross the line where it turns into like sloppy volleyball or silliness? That I don't know for sure, but I think a big thing would be the group of girls you're training with. Um, I think that if I was training with a group of girls that didn't care too much about volleyball and were doing it purely for fun, then that line would probably be crossed a lot. But I think Sandy and Seymour knew too that the group of girls we had and our age group were all so talented and we all knew that. 
that we all wanted to grind it out. And we were also super lucky because the girls that we grew up with, we had been best friends since grade eight. Like as soon as we played club together, that same friend group went all the way through grade 12 and we've all been super close since. Um, so I think just being really close, having coaches we really trusted and all caring about the sport a lot is what made that so easy to do. And Beach in the NCAA, like I'm old, so I'll just still say that it's pretty young or maybe you've known it your whole life, but I am curious with the kids beach scene, whether it was, uh, you know, I think Darby coached at the club or maybe Quincy was around or Devin was around, or I think Megan and Nicole are probably the most famous role models in the Vancouver area. Like, did it help seeing other athletes who grew up playing on the same beach you were like playing and having success in the NCAA? Yeah, hundred percent. I think a big reason that I went and played beach down South and especially LME was cousin Darby. Um, she was one of my favorite coaches at Side Out. Everybody loves her. Um, so seeing her do it made it seem more realistic. And Megan and Nicole, which is weird because I've been training with them now, but they'd always been like celebrities to us. Um, so for me, they were always out of like reach. Um, so they didn't make it seem more realistic because in my eyes, they were like the coolest people in the world. Um, but I and there's Sarah Pantovic. I don't know if she, you know who she is. Yeah, she also played down there. Uh, Kat Pantovic, who uh, is a year older than me, went and played at Berkeley. Um, so I definitely had a lot of girls that I knew well that went and did it. Um, and then I think later in my years, I realized that if they can do it, I can do it. So I think that was definitely a motivator. Nice. And you mentioned Darby there and her connection with uh, being an LMU athlete. But uh, I am curious if you could tell the story again, because you did tell it on Sharp Cuts. But uh, how did you get recruited? Uh, obviously, like you were an S- a Western athlete, but uh, just for, for the listeners, in case they missed that Sharp Cuts episode, uh, how did you kind of open the recruiting door to go to the NCAA when you were already like an indoor varsity athlete? Yeah, so once I decided to choose indoor, I, in my head, was like, I'm doing this rest of my life. I'm going to play pro indoor. This is what I want to do. And then I had uh, Michaela Jefferson come into my life. She's my, my beach partner. Um, so I didn't have a beach partner for my 18U season and she didn't have a beach partner for her 17U season because she's a year younger than me. So she, I texted Seymour and I said, I don't have a partner who should I ask? And he just said, Michaela Jefferson, period, nothing else. And I didn't know this girl at all. So I was like, do you want me to text her? And he was like, yes. Okay. (laughs) So I gave her, I shot her a text and she said yes right away. She's like, let's be partners. Um, so then that 18 U season, we did really well. We won provincials and stuff. And she had quit indoor, I think in her 16 U season or 17 U season to fully focus on beach. So her thing was always getting recruited down South and the girls that I was always surrounded by with only wanted to do indoor. So this was my first like real exposure, I think to someone that really, really cared about beach um so I started taking it really seriously with her but then I had already committed to Western at this point I really wanted to go play indoor so I left and then in October she texted me and she was like hey there's this recruiting camp I really want to go to can you come play with me I was like sure why not it was during Thanksgiving at Western I had a weekend off free trip to California I'll do it um so I went and met her in California and we played in this recruiting camp and then by the end of it I just had a bunch of coaches reaching out to me a bunch of coaches on our court it was not expected at all um it was actually really surreal and 
right after that, I just was like, if I can do this, I need to take the opportunity and try to do it now. Amazing. And going to LMU, a lot of the listeners would know the name John Mayer, but I think a lot of people know him because of uh, his successful playing career or his successful podcast where you know him as the LMU coach. So what was your first impression when you got to speak to Coach Mayer? I was standing at the beach at that recruiting camp and it had just ended. I remember going up to Sandy. I was like, that's John Mayer. And he was like, yeah, go talk to him. And I was so nervous. I was like, okay, whatever, I'm just going to do it. So I went up and I shook his hand and he was so nice. The nervousness went away right away. And Darby only had positive things to say about him. Seymour only had positive things to say about him. Like, I have never, ever heard a bad thing about John Mayer. Um, I think he's got to be one of the best coaches in the NCAA, just like as a human. Um, so after we're chatting with him, it was super good. And then I got on the plane. And then as soon as I landed in London, I looked at my phone and I got a text from him. And I could not stop smiling. I was so excited. So we ended up chatting and stuff. And then the recruiting process kept going. But he has been like the best person ever. And he's so nice. So I'm really, really excited to start working with him. And because you're you're joining after playing indoor, obviously, like you're still training full time and you're taking beach really seriously this summer and you did last summer as well. Uh, is there much communication about what he wants you to be able to do when you enter the program? Like, do you feel behind it all because you're not like a true freshman starting or does the work really start when you get on campus? Um, we've been given our conditioning packet, our lifting packet, the tournaments he wants me to go in. So he's been super We've been touching a base a lot this summer. I've been sending a lot of video and stuff. Um, so he, I think, knows what he wants to do with me when I get there. Um, I'm definitely nervous, though, because a lot of the girls on the team play for their national teams. They've been doing beach their whole lives, like girls from Sweden, Norway, Australia. So there's a lot of good players in this team, and it's going to be really high level. And I don't think I've really been exposed to that yet when it comes to beach. But I'm also trusting the process, and I know that John wouldn't have chosen me. He didn't think I could do it. So I've definitely been grinding this summer. Um, I've had a few injuries that have set me back, but I've been going at it. So I think September is going to be a very, very hard month, but I think it's going to be really fun. Yeah, just for the listeners, you report in August, right? So you'll be starting then. Uh, with the women's beach season technically being a spring sport, uh, do you guys start training as soon as you arrive? Yeah, so I think there's some rules for how much we can train in September, but we were given our schedule, and it's five days a week, three lifts a week, two conditioning sessions a week, so it's super busy. Um, But yeah, we play from September to February, and then I think season starts February and ends in May. Um, So it's pretty much a full year sport but like competition is until end of the year but i think that we're allowed to play four tournaments in preseason so we were given the dates for those and stuff um so yeah it's definitely busy year round and for any uh young listeners or coaches listening right now uh transferring from youth sports to the ncaa easy not easy did you get all your credits are you studying the same program are you basically starting from scratch like what was the the academic process like Yeah, transferring is hard, and I had heard that from other people, but I wasn't ready for it. Um, I think the LMU, like, academics and advisors and stuff made it a lot easier. Um, But I was in health sciences my first year Western, and I really didn't like it. So I transferred into business my second year. So a lot of my first, all my first year classes just counted as electives towards LMU. 
Um, and then since I knew that I was going to LMU going into my second year, I could take classes at all transferred. Um, so I set that up really well, which is good. So I think, yeah, transferring was definitely tough, but there were people around that made it easier than it seemed. As we're recording, uh, it is the Vancouver Open weekend. As somebody who grew up in the kids' beach scene, you, you've played in the Van Open. Uh, what are you looking forward to this weekend? Obviously, it's a pretty famous event in Canada, but not everybody gets to experience it firsthand. So what is it about the Open weekend that is just, uh, I don't know, the whole kids' scene just seems to show up for this thing? The best thing is Seymour and Sandy's emceeing for the games. That's always so funny. They're the best people. Um, but the van open in general is just like the coolest vibe ever. And I think really shows you how strong the Vancouver beach community is and how many people in Canada come out to play in it. Um, we always have big names like Heather Bansley won it last year. I think she's playing again this year with Sophie. Um, so it's always so fun to play in as well as watch those semis and finals. Um, and there's a stadium set up with a giant screen and it's always packed. Like you have to go early to get in. So seeing beach volleyball grow as a sport and having such a vibrant community around it here, I feel really, really, really lucky to experience. And you mentioned coach Mayer uh, had a little bit of say in your competition schedule. Uh, does he know what the van open is? Like, was this something you both agreed on me? Like this is a must have event for your comp schedule. Yeah. He actually texted me like two days ago saying, I you need to send me film from this tournament. Um, but he pretty much just said you need to play in as many tournaments as possible. Um, so that was kind of what I've been trying to do. Um, and then Seymour and John are also really close. So Seymour has been touching base with him and making sure that I'm doing the right things here, which has been really nice. Um, but even last year, um, Kelly Reeves was the assistant coach at LMU. And she ended up, I think, making the Van Open final, maybe the semi. Um, but I got to meet her for the first time last year. So that was super cool. But I think John definitely knows what it is. And yeah, I think we're both excited to see how I can do in it this year. So for you, when you look back at your volleyball career, obviously you have the talent to play both disciplines at a really high level. Uh, just for you, I'm not saying one's better than the other, but just for you, what was more appealing to the beach? So that's the one that you decided on. That, like, if I have to choose one, I'm going full speed on the beach side. I think that I love that in beach you can do everything, and I love that it's played in, like, the coolest setting it can be in. Um, but I had a lot of coaches encouraging me in beach, saying that they thought I could go really far with it. Whereas with indoor, it was always encouragement to play post-secondary, but there wasn't a lot of talk after. So beach always just seemed really appealing to me once that started coming in from coaches and stuff. But I also just love the closeness with your partner on the beach. And like in indoor, I don't ever get to set a ball, but in beach, that's like half of what I do, which I love. Um, so yeah, I think just like touching the ball all the time and getting to do every skill is so fun. Awesome. Awesome. It was great to have you on Sharp Cuts. Probably waited way too long to get you on Passing Dimes, but it was fitting with the van open coming up. So it was awesome to get a local there to share the scene and definitely share your details. But uh, before we let you go, I was hoping you could just give us a laugh and share one funny or unique story that you've experienced just because you played volleyball at such a high level. But something something odd as a way of happening in our sport. So I was hoping you could share one more story. I was just thinking about everything we were going to kind of chat about. And then... I remember a really humbling story. 
that had happened to me and my friends when we went down to LA one year. So we went down, uh, we were in grade nine, I think, and Seymour and Sandy took us and they were like, let's go do this tournament for fun, show you guys a beach scene in the US. So we go down, we were super excited and we play in this tournament. And first, LA decided to have a monsoon the first time, like, and I don't know how long. So it was pouring rain. It was awful the first day. And then I didn't even know it was a thing, but my partner and I made the copper division, which is lower than the bronze division. So we placed horribly. And then my friends that went in the tournament placed dead last. So it was just so funny going down there and having rain absolutely poured on us and then getting very, very humbled in the sport. But I think that also made us work a little bit harder. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for sharing that. That it's it's not all glory that you just don't get to pick and choose whatever team you're going to join, beach or indoor. You don't have every opportunity that uh, you've experienced failure as much as the rest of us have. So that's a cool story to share. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me though today. It was a really good chat.